this week on the It's Take Two podcast. If you're into the kit and stuff like that, then it might be an interesting listen. What's the first one that came to mind of an item or a piece of kit that you'd like to see released in 2023? I mean, that'd be useful for so many YouTubers, wedding videographers, commercials, feature films, indie filmmaking and stuff like that. Those three episodes that it was in were shite. Is it only in three? It's in three episodes. When do you think an FX6 Mark II would come out? To just fill that gap, I think a lot of people would be happy. <laughs> <laughs> Again, me or the listeners? Well, both. Hello, <laughs> welcome to episode nine. Now we're nearing double figures of the Estate Two podcast. That's exciting, isn't it? It's an achievement. We should we should have set some, some expectations of how many viewers and listeners we would have by episode ten. It'd be worrying if we had more episodes than listeners, which I feel like we might be nearing. Yeah, it feels weird this week, doesn't it? Not having a yeah, we've got to talk Guest. to each other. We've done two in a row now, haven't we, with guests? Intimate. <laughs> <laughs> we will get some more guests back, but we thought we'd do a little uh, Jordan and Bob special. Take yeah. it back to the grassroots of what we what we did the podcast for. We always said we'd occasionally have a nerdy one as well, didn't we? Which mm. we thought, well, now we've not got any guests. Now we've ran dry. Yeah, no one's listening anyway. We yeah, might as well we just say what we it. want. The plan for this episode is what we would like to see released this year or what we think's coming or what we think's coming yeah we might not necessarily think it's the best decisions but our predictions will probably be right because we know what we're talking about and we watch dp reviews yeah predictions. yeah <laughs> <laughs> we've not told people what the podcast about i mean they've probably got it at this point they've probably stopped listening at this point true uh, but for anyone who's just joining on episode nine which is a weird time to join if not go back to episode one but if you well, are. maybe not episode one. Well, which one? When does it go start getting to? good? Dean's one was good. Yeah. When was that? Episode five. Four. Four. Maybe five. On the off chance that we did use a bit of that previous intro, are you just going to highlight the costume, Jane? Yeah, we've got to address it. Yeah. You noticed I had a bit of last night's curry on my body, which I'd rather you have picked up then rather than fifty minutes in. Yeah. And then I've got a lot of After Effects tracking to do in the edit. You wouldn't have done that. You'd have just left it, surely. Bit of a gorging blur. Whilst it's in my head, we we've grown in the last have week. We? we have. Well, it's been Christmas. You've got to give us a yeah. break. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have expanded our listening... This is going well. ...opportunities. Basically, we're on more podcast streams oh, on the yeah, website. Yeah, we um, so they're all on our link tree that's on our bio on the instagram but as a rough overview we are now on google podcasts spotify samsung podcast which i didn't realize was was one deezer and of course youtube if you want to watch us like this we're on tiktok instagram yeah we're doing them all not on twitter not on facebook don't need to be not on myspace pixo we are on bebo that was great when it bebo Bebo, yeah this episode is going to be a little bit geekier for the people who like their kit. If you're into the kit and stuff like that, then it might be an interesting listen. If you've got no interest in cameras and the nerdy side of it, then it's not the one for you. Just skip to episode 10. Yeah. So we both own a Sony FX6 as our workhorse camera. camera for yeah. freelancing. We were chatting the other night, weren't we, a bit about like what would actually, what would we need in a new camera? or a, an upgraded version of the FX6 to make us go, I want to upgrade to that. Yeah, so FX6 Mark II, say, 
because they did an FS7 Mark II, FS5 Mark II. Mm-hmm. I think it's also worth saying at this point that we're not craving for an FX6 Mark II to come out. We still feel like our cameras have got plenty of longevity and lifespan before it ever becomes out of date. Yeah, so, I, I think I'm. I think I'll have mine, and I'll be shooting on it for at least two years, three years before I look at upgrading. Yeah. So this bit is more a case of it's just a bit of geeky chat, isn't it? It's what would be what would make it good and worthwhile to ever upgrade if that chance ever comes about. When do you think an FX6 Mark II would come out? Not. It can't be yet. We don't really need an FX6 Mark II, do we? With. Well, don't let's not give spoilers away, John, because <laughs> this is what the discussion's about. I, I don't think you'll see one this year. God, no. Because no. they've only just come into stock. Yeah. I know they they came out two years ago, was it? Yeah. Which is mad. But they've only just got into stock. It feels like a new camera. Yeah. So I, I can't see it being this year. Maybe summer next year you get an FX6 Mark II. Potentially. I think the main thing with the FX6 is how far can you go before it becomes the FX9? If you're looking at an FX6 Mark II, if you increase any resolution, you're then bordering on the FX9. Personally, I don't think they can do too much. I mean, from a business point of view, yeah, they, they can't. It would make sense to just take the FX9 guts and put it in the body of an FX6. But then no one would buy the FX9. That would be interesting. So you can get the 4K APS-C and things like that, and you get the 6K internal. Hmm. That would make sense for them to do that. From a camera point of view, not from a business point of view. What would you say is currently missing then from the FX6? I can't see myself upgrading for a few years at least. Because there's no, there's nothing I'm really looking for that I need in it. A Super 35 4K crop would be nice, but I don't need it at all. No. You know, it would mean I could get some or use some Super 35 cine lenses and stuff, but it's not going to happen often. And it's probably the, probably the best camera out there for corporate and commercials it just is an all-rounder i think yeah given the size of it like you you can you strip yours back mm. quite a, a fair amount for handheld work run and gun or you can rig it up to broadcast level yeah you know, i was telling you about a friend who i know who's also got an fx6 and he shoots a lot of broadcast stuff so it's so equipped and versatile as a camera. For even films, we've been speaking about it, potentially using our FX6 as on a next feature or another project. So it comes out this year. What would have you itching to upgrade to that? For me, I've recently done some more product work and I used both the FX6 and the A7. You can shoot with 4K 120 on both of those cameras. For the stuff that I was shooting the other day, I was shooting like some granules. It's like a paprika powdering thing. 120, it still isn't slow enough for that sort of object to shoot. I could have gone down to 1080 and gone to 240 frames a second, but the 240 on that isn't, it's just not the, not the same. It's, it looks a little bit mushy compared to you know even standard HD. I think it is a lower resolution, I believe. It's something where it's like it's only like 800 pixels or I something. Scale, in, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I think so. Don't count me on it. I don't want to say that because I've had one encounter where i needed a higher frame rate that i just need that in my fx6 body because obviously you can hire more cameras with higher frame rates in the upgrade if there was 200 frames in 4k that to me would make me go right okay because i do want to dabble more into product work so if i've got the option to shoot in high frame rate high resolution in one body rather than having to outsource and get more cameras 
then that's that's a bit of a no-brainer for me. It would, it would be nice. Um, yeah. And frame rate is typically something that an upgrade of a body tends to get. That that would be a, a nice upgrade, I think. If if you had to choose one or the other, if you got 4K at 240, say, mm. or 6K, what would you go with? 4K all day. Would you? Yeah. Yeah. Even if you were doing stuff social media, 4K is enough. If you needed to do the 1920 in height as opposed to width. Still plenty. Yeah. I've only been in a situation one or two times where I've needed to shoot in 6K or ideally wanted to shoot in 6K. And that was for some quite advanced tracking that we needed to do for a brand shoot. But apart from that, like I say, you get another camera if you really need to for those few occasions. To me, frame rate is something where you think I've got more options creatively here to offer to clients. You know, you can do product work or capture moments. Slow motion always looks amazing. So if you can go even slower and shoot in 4K, you're future-proofed for a while anyway, but it will also always look amazing as well. It would be nice to, like you mentioned, to have an APS-C mode where it's still true 4K. You can't do that on the FX6. Yeah. Obviously, you can with the FX9, but then, like we said, we're starting to lean towards the FX9 a little bit more if they introduce the 6K sensor so you could do that. It would be nice, but that one isn't essential for me, I wouldn't say. Yeah. What about an internal RAW? So either a, a Sony RAW, you know, similar to the Canon RAW Lite maybe. That'd be nice. That'd be really nice. I've not shot on any Canon cameras that has the Canon RAW Lite, so I don't really know what it's like. Ollie's feature film recently, we shot on the C500 Mac II, and they've got RAW internal, and we didn't shoot on it. We shot on the 422 Timber in C-Log 2 or 3, whichever one's the good one. Yeah. C-Log 2. Yeah. And is it enough? I think so, yeah. We worked out that we'd... You're already spending for a feature, I don't know, 1,500 quid on hard drives. Mm -hmm. And we worked out it was going to be at least four and a half grand, five grand on hard drives if we shot in RAW. Yeah. And it just is not worth it. Not when you're on our sort of budgets, Mm. when it's independent filmmaking. To have that, it just didn't seem worthwhile. That's a really good point. Just because the camera can shoot RAW doesn't necessarily mean you have to if... You have to accommodate everything else around that, such as your, your the computer you're going to be editing on, the space that you've got available. Is there anything for you that would intrigue you to upgrade? I mean, I've only just got my FX6, and it's more than good enough for everything I'm going to be doing for the next few years in terms of commercial work and things like that. And I think it's great. And I've got other stuff that I would rather invest in an upgrade in terms of lighting and grip and stuff like that that's going to make more of a difference to me so not necessarily i think one thing that that camera manufacturers should start pushing is 32-bit audio i think that'd be great i think if it if the fx6 came along and it had or the fx6 mark ii came along and it had 32-bit internal recording for audio that would be awesome what do you think the chances of that happening is because what situations would you need 32-bit float recording? I mean, stuff like this. You just plug the mic in. You don't have to check levels. You don't have to leave it on auto. You don't need a backup. You just plug it in, check that there's a, a signal coming through, and you know you're good. Hmm. It's, it'd be incredible. Probably not on the FX6 Mark II, but it will happen, I'm sure. I mean, we're not <laughs> engineers or anything like that. It can't be that hard to do. You've got the little Zoom F1, which is a tiny little recorder. That's 32-bit internal. So, so how much are they to buy? 140, 170 quid, something like that. Yeah. I've got one. I love it. It's brilliant. You know, it can't be too heat-intensive or anything like that. It's got to be doable. So mm. just chucking that in some 
cameras. Yeah, it'll happen for sure. You have the Tamron, is it the 28 to 75 lens? Yeah. I've also got the 24 to 70. Yeah. Neither of those lenses are image stabilized. Would you like to see stabilization in a body such as the FX6 Mark II? Do you feel like it's needed for well, the user? It's a tricky one, isn't it? Because I know that in a lot of situations, when you're rigging stuff up, you know, a fixed sensor without stabilization is better because you can get issues coming. That's why, you know, when like the GH5S came out and people were complaining about that not having stabilization, mm. then Top Gear were jumping on and using the GH5S because the stabilization in the cars was creating issues. If you could fix that so that that wasn't an issue, so you could either have sensor stabilization or it was totally locked into place, yeah, put it in there, amazing. Yeah. Because it'd be useful when you needed it, as long as there were no drawbacks. Yeah. But if it was just like the mirrorless where it's kind of on or it's not locked off, then nah, I, I wouldn't want it, I think. Do you think it then almost like breaks the tradition of a cine line body? Because I can't think of any cine line cameras because it's classed as a cinema camera, isn't it? Like a yeah. low-end cinema line camera. I can't think of any cameras that have stabilisation on the sensor. No, I don't think there are any. Would they take that jump to introduce it into a yeah, cine I mean, camera? Fuck it, yeah, why not? <laughs> because they've, they've done that loads already. Having usable autofocus on a cine camera, you know, that's not really been done before. No one would use it. And then it gets to a point where in certain situations you can use it and it works great. And mm. Yeah, why why not? If mirrorless cameras can have it, then it'd be a shame that higher-end users are missing out on the option to... I think from a cinema point of view, I don't think it would matter because you, if you if you wanted it stabilised, then you're going to put it on a Steadicam mm. or you're going to put it on a Dolly or you're shooting handheld and you want that handheld look. Mm. But in terms of the FX6, a lot of people use it for commercial events, documentaries. And for that, I think it'd be great. Yeah. As long as you could lock it off so that you're not getting any of those downsides. Yeah. So that if you wanted it without stabilisation, you could still have it. Then I think it'd be amazing. I think people would jump on that. So for me, it'd have to be quite a few different things to have me tempted to upgrade. I'd be very surprised if I'm tempted in the next two years to upgrade. Mm. It'd have to be a combination of 32-bit audio maybe a, a Super 35 mode, higher 4K frame rates. There'd have to be a lot going on there. Yeah. And even then, it wouldn't be a sure thing for me. Personally, do you even feel like there there is a need to have an FX6 Mark II in the future? Because we're struggling to find things wrong with it, whilst also considering the specs in an FX9. Have they already done as much as they can in that body to eliminate the need of a Mark II in a few years' time? I think it's hard, isn't it? I think there probably will be one. Um, it just doesn't feel a need at the moment. No, I, well, I don't. No, I don't think there is a need. I think across the FX6 and the FX9, you kind of catered for. So let's get into the nitty gritty of episode nine, and let's talk a bit about kit. Even though we've just been talking about kit for the last however long, but yeah. in 2023, if you had to pick five things that you would like to see that feels that feels realistic, I don't know if I could do five. Well, some of them do their own work. Do a few then. Have you got five? I've got four. It sounds like countdown. I've yeah. got a. I've got a solid four. Yeah, I've only got a three. Okay. Do you want to go through? Shall we go through one at a time? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. So what's what's the first one that came to mind of an item or a piece of kit that you'd like to see 
released in 2023? The main thing, and I think it will happen, would be radio mics. So two transmitters, one receiver, you know, 3.5 mil output that goes to XLR. So you can use it on a few different cameras, but that also have 32-bit float recording in the transmitters. I knew that was going to be one of yours. I, it, yeah. It's going to happen. It's got but, to, hasn't it? And it's almost there with the Wireless Go Mark IIs. And I know people, I mean, I've got a pair and they've been pretty solid for me. So you're referring to an internal recording within the transmitter that records the 32-bit float if you need it? Yeah. Yeah. But also transmits to a receiver so you can record it straight into camera. Because mm-hmm. the Wireless Go 2s are pretty much there if they've got the internal recording. It's not 32-bit float. So, they, you know, if, if they had 32-bit float and then just a bit more of a bit more hardware in build or hard especially on the receiver yeah i'll you know the size of the transmitters is nice because it's small but you could bulk out the receiver a bit and have it a bit better build quality but yeah that's number one for me i think that's if they come out that's the first thing i'm buying who else would be encouraged to buy that if it came out i'd tell you to get one tell ollie to get one (laughs) (laughs) i mean that'd be useful for so many creators you know youtubers wedding videographers commercials even feature films, indie filmmaking and stuff like that, just yeah. having that 32-bit flow and being able to transmit it back, it'd be awesome. I think that in their software, there's an option to export 32-bit flow. Why would they have that? If they don't record that, so why would they have that in the software it's not, if it's not going to be an option yeah. down the line? Whether it's a software update, probably not. It'll probably it's be a wireless go Mark reason, three. Though, surely, if it, the option's there and it's greyed out or whatever, it's there for a reason. That's so. what I mean. So I, th- I think they'll do it this year. Yeah, and I, I don't think it'd be a firmware thing for the wireless go twos. No, I think it'd be a wireless go three, and it'd be a universal software for all the different lineups. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess it depends if people use Road because a lot of content creators are using Road things like that. Whether the demand's there for that level compared to higher end, like say dramas or anything like or films or tv i think it would make more sense for someone like sennheiser to release that so for road to release it that could be this year i don't know i don't know though because if you if you're working on the higher end stuff you've got a sound mixer on board then 32 bit float is a little bit less important because you've got someone there monitoring levels mm-hmm. for content creators and people like that if you're like we are now recording into mics and stuff we're not monitoring the audio so to have that 32-bit flow is way more useful for us. But if you were a solo shooter on, say, something like, you know, Police Interceptors, that it's just you, you're a produ- uh, producer, director, you go and shoot your own stuff, mm. would you then use a Rode lav mic system that has 32-bit flow recording and put that on them so you know you've got 32-bit as a solo operator rather than getting a set of Sennheisers or a more broadcast-worthy... Mm. Or... Well, that's why I said about build quality. Because I think you need a bit of a beefier build quality. Yeah. Whether they'll do a a different wireless system, not the Rode Wireless Goes, whether it's a Wireless Pro or something. There yeah. you go, Ooh. Rode, come on. Oh. Get me in on this deal. I <laughs> Get us in the focus group. Yeah, the Wireless Pros say they're a bit bigger, a bit heavier, but a lot better build quality with locking for the, like locking 3.5mm mic inputs, they need that. <laughs> this is just a video to road isn't it I'll make sure it cuts to your mid shot on that point yeah definitely yeah. yeah go on what's yours what have you got I've written down an Aperture 300C I feel like that's missing from the lineup. you've got the 600C yeah. I feel like if they release a 300 watt 
LED light with RGB, that would be a, a killer for people at our levels that 300 watt lighting is enough for most situations. If they had that with the RGB function, then it, for me, that would just be very tempting. I've not fully moved away from COB lights yet, not an Amaran level. I think the quality, we're using a 200D now. When I was putting that up there, I'm tightening it and I'm like, oh, it feels like it's going to break soon. The Lightstorm series is perfect as a COB light in terms of build quality, durability and just quality of light. What have they got at the moment? They've got the 600C. What's the, ne- what's the next RGB Fresnel down from that? They, so in, in terms of daylight lighting, they go from 60, 120, 300, 600 and 1200. Yeah. In terms of bicolor, they've got the 300X, the 600X. 120X. They don't have the 120X. Do they not? No. So that could be another one that... That's odd, isn't it? Yeah. 60X. They've got that in Amaran and Lightstone. Yeah. Because I've got one of each. Yeah. <laughs> it just feels like they're There's gradually introducing bicolour yeah. ranges and then the, the colour, the C ranges of each Lightstone model. So for me, it just makes sense to introduce that around now. They've gone quite a bit on the lower end of the Lightstorm series. They've been releasing ridiculously bright lights. If they just filled that gap at 300C level, I think a lot of people would be happy. When I first bought my 120D Mark II, I used it and I loved it for the YouTube piece of cameras and stuff. As soon as I moved into product, it wasn't bright enough. Aperture might have recognised that's great for, you know, shooting 25p and, you know, for general lighting. For filmmakers or freelancers like us we want a bit more power output so hopefully they just fill that little gap that's missing what's next up next up is like a g9 successor from panasonic something in the mft realm but with phase detect Mm -hmm. not as big and bulky as a gh6 a camera i'm using at the moment for everyday stuff is a little olympus em1 mac 2 and size-wise and everything, it's brilliant. And I've got some, you know, I'm happy enough with the image quality on it. Yeah, it's not full-frame yeah. level quality, but for what I'm using for, it's great. And I love the Olympus lenses. They're, they've got to be some of the nicest designed lenses out there, the Olympus Pro. I would quite like to upgrade the video specs on it so I could use it as a C-cam to my FX6 and A7S three. Just, I mean, I very rarely need a C-cam. So it doesn't, you know, I don't need another Sony really. So what would it need then from a video specs perspective? Or what would your G9 upgrade or G9 Mark II need that the Mark One G9 doesn't have? Unlimited recording, dynamic range boost, 4K 60 10 bit, and you're kind of all right there. Because then it's it kind of separates it from the GH6 without, you know, if it doesn't have the anamorphic and the 6K 60 and all of that, then it's at least a a step down from the GH6. It's still yeah. worthwhile getting that if you need it. But some decent image quality and then good stills as well and j- smaller than the GH6 because the GH6 is fairly big and chunky for an MFT camera. Mm. I think the EM1 Mark II and three, I suppose, size-wise is is perfect for me as an MFT camera. It's, it's so small and you put a small lens on it, it's so lightweight. Mm. That's one of the best things about it. And so that size or that body with some upgraded vid- upgraded video specs. Yeah, I'd love that. I watched the new, uh, what is it? Joan Hill film. You People last night. Joan oh, Hill, right, yeah. Eddie Murphy. How was it? Was that all right? Yeah. Yeah, there were some bits that were really funny. 
Is it a comedy? Is it classed as a comedy then? Yeah. Yeah, it's like a bit of a typical rom-com and everything, but it's pretty good. There's some funny moments in it. Do you have a go-to film for if you want to be cheered up? In terms of a comedy, do you have a, a certain film that makes you go, I want to, I'm going to stick that on because it'll cheer me up and I know it's a good film that I'll enjoy no matter how many times you watch it? Probably not. I don't, no, I don't, I don't know. What's yours? Uh, funnily enough, it features Jonah Hill. And in Ollie's episode, the one with Ollie, I mentioned it in my top five. Did you? Super bad. Oh, super bad. S- super bad is pretty brilliant, isn't it? Yeah. When it, was that, 2006? I think it was 2008. Oh, not Because um, I was in year 10 when I, like, watched it. Yeah. Because I'd been about 15 at the time. And I think part of the reason why I love it so much is the nostalgia side to it. Because I can remember being at school. Quoting it. Quoting it yeah. with everyone else. Um, and it's just, it, to me, it still lives up today when I watch it. And, you know, I still chuckle at it. It's so well made. And it's just weird seeing Jonah Hill so young back then. What have you actually watched recently? You... Mm. You're not watching Happy Valley, are you? No, not. That's good. Is the finale coming up? Or is yeah, it I think so, yeah. I've watched the first two seasons. I want to watch that. I was going to say, do you think she dies or not? But there's no point if she's I not think, been watching yeah, it. I think so. She's not. No, I don't think I so. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> not film-wise, anyway. Series-wise, I, I love stuff like Only Fools and Horses. That's comfort watching for me. I just go to the office all the time. It's the only thing... The that, Office US. The US version. Yeah. It's the only thing I've ever rewatched as a series. Really? Ever. And I've rewatched it five times now. Jesus. It's a lot of hours, but it's... And I'm still... I'm on season three now. Do you watch it all, or is the seasons or episodes you skip? Watch it all. Do you really? Watch it all, yeah. Even after Michael leaves? Whoa. <laughs> Spoilers. Uh, you know about ten years ago, <laughs> Parts of seasons... This is going to get controversial. Yeah. Go on. Parts of seasons eight and nine I rarely like. It drops off in season nine, but in season eight, I feel like... What's know, season eight? What's happening then? Season eight is, is the Ferrell? Robert California era, uh, just after Will Ferrell, which we quickly brush past. Cause I, I think that's the general consensus that those three episodes that he was in were shite. Is he only in three? It's in three episodes, but he's left a lasting like, impression. Yeah. Really. Don't get me wrong, I love Will Ferrell. It just didn't work for that. Nah. And um, I love Idris Elba, but he fucking bored me as well, isn't it? Charles Minor. Yeah. The finale, though. What, when <clears throat> someone comes back? Yeah. To me, the first time I watched it, I kept it spoiler-free. Yeah. And I can remember just being like, do you know why he doesn't say that much? This is a little bit of insight. No. So, spoiler alert. We'll give a spoiler alert now. I think now is a good time if they've not already cottoned on. Yeah. Michael Scott leaves. But he, he comes back. He comes back for the finale. They purposely gave him such minimal script because if he would have said any more lines, he would have needed a credit in the opening credits. And it would have given away the really? fact that Michael Scott was reappearing in the finale. Ah, so I think he only says two things. He says, that's what she says. That's what she says. Which is the best yeah. like return. I'm so glad you came. I can't believe you came. Everyone <laughs> like that. Yeah. And then the other one is something like, it's like all my kids have grown up and married each other. other yeah. you know. But I think it's any more than like two or three lines. That's it, which I think some people were... stupid. Like, why couldn't they just get around that? Just, <coughs> he could have just said, don't credit me at the start. Like, that's weird. I don't it? know if it's legally or contractually they have so to, but strange. it's a shame that they might have limited his... Yeah. If that's true, it's a shame if they limited the amount he has in terms of involvement in that finale just because of that one reason. What do you think about 
when it comes to the end and they start bringing in like the boom up and then they do the convention where they... Sh- I loved that. Yeah, I liked all that. I feel like they had a meeting and went, right, season eight's not gone down well. Is that season nine that that happened? That's, yeah, the opening scene of season nine is Pam and Jim talking in the conference room and then they zoom out, they take the mics off and stuff and that's where you start to see the behind the scenes of it and then Brian comes in. Did you know also Brian is a genuine sound recordist on the show? Really? Yeah, there's a, you know the pizza party night at Gabe's? Yeah. Um, there's a shot where Michael's flipping the dough, he throws it in the air, it catches on the boom mic, like as an outtake, as a blooper, yeah. then he gives it back and Steve Carell goes, thank you, Brian. <laughs> so it, they must have done it in like homage to, oh, to Brian. Nice. The ba- but it wasn't the boom that mic. guy. No, it wasn't, no, it wouldn't have no, been him. just his name. Yeah, no, little homage. I, yeah. I, I still remember kind of seeing that scene for the first time, because the first time you're introduced to that is when he comforts her crying in. that for me i googled it after and like i wanted to see other people's reviews on yeah. that episode because i was awesome like, wasn't it wow like because you were just like what the fuck is going on here yeah because i think you forget that it's meant to be a documentary in the yeah in their world yeah i love that bit the call was like very well well made and it was a bit of a turning point and i think it gave it a bit more longevity to get through season nine up to yeah. the finale and the finale is one of the nicest rounded off finales of a season mm. that i've probably watched that's a topic, isn't it? Finales. Yeah. How I Met Your Mother is up there. Yeah. As one of the worst ways to do it. Controversial. We'll have to bring Ollie back on for that because he loves it. We've gone massively off track, haven't we now? Yeah, let's get back to it. What were we doing? Kit or yeah. FX6 we were chatting about? Let's just play the jingle and we'll we'll crack on again. I've been watching Seinfeld. Next up, what have you got? I would like to see Sony bring out a lens to rival the Tamron 35 to 150 lens. I feel like I'd get a lot of usage out of that one lens rather than changing between my 24 to 70 and my 70 to 200. It would be nice if they release a G Master type lens, not just for videographers, but even for photographers as well. F2.8 constant would be enough. I don't think it needs to have the F2 to 2.8 that the Tamron has, but then just having an actual Sony lens with like the custom buttons that the lenses has on the side, like focus holder, things like that, image stabilised would be a nice treat for that lens as well. I feel that, like that's, that's the main downside for that lens. I think yeah. if it had image stabilization, yeah. I'd have bought that for sure. That'd be that wouldn't leave my FX six. I don't think. Yeah, it's a shame it doesn't have it. Yeah, and I feel Sony is starting to move towards these more non-traditional focal ranges in the releases. Obviously, they've always had like the Holy Trinity of sixteen to thirty-five, twenty-four to seventy, seventy to two hundred. Yeah, they've just brought out that twenty to seventy, haven't they? The F four. Yeah, that lens from Tamron would have taken away a few sales from Sony, so I guess it only makes sense for the actual manufacturer retaliates and makes a similar lens that just sneaks past it in terms of specs and intrigue. That kind of ties into my next one, which would be an update to the twenty-eight one three five F four. Uh, where it's a kind of all-in-one lens, basically like the Sarui, and there's a few other people who've done it, but a 28 to 85, 2.8 with like full manual and electronic autofocus, yeah. D-clicked aperture, basically a half cine, half ENG lens that could just kind of live on the FX6 and stabilised as well. That would be that'd be awesome. I'd be happy trading a little bit on the long end for a 2.8. So 28, 2.8 would be amazing. And if not that, then a 24 to 70 or thereabouts, whether it's 28 to 70 or 20 to 60 or whatever, but with stabilisation. 
because they don't really do that. They never do. Any twenty four to one hundred five does. Yeah, it's always the F. The F fours do. Panasonic's twenty four one hundred five does. But not the twenty four seventy. So a a two point eight standard zoom with stabilization. Because you see image stabilization in like the wide angle lenses as well. So it's weird that the twenty four to seventy just everyone's like, yeah, not asked. Yeah, but I think that'd be great because pair it on the FX six would be lovely. Yeah. I've got another. Oh. <laughs> Go on then, I'll, I'll have a think you do another one. You know by now that I love my... Where's <laughs> yeah. this going? <laughs> the Aperture P300 that I've got. Is that the Nova? Yeah. Oh, fucking hell, you don't you stop know, going on about I always that. leave you voice notes, then I go, I've just come off this shoot. Oh, it's so We're good. using it at 40%, it was <laughs> amazing. I love that light. The build is... Yeah, like, it's a it's fucking tank a, and it's huge. Well, it, it weighs 10 kilos, Yeah, the body, which is... Not that much for me to lift, but you've been struggling with it, haven't you? <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, we'll just add an audio description of Jordan flips his middle finger to Rob <laughs> for the Spotify listeners. Yeah. Um, if they were to release like a 150C, so a one by one type light with the same build, because they've got the P600C, obviously they've got the P300C, they don't have a P150C. That's To me, that would fit in nicely to round off that similar to like what we're talking about with the light storm series, a one by one light panel would be really nice. It would weigh less because I find myself not needing hundred percent brightness on the P three hundred all the time. I might find myself needing the one fifty yeah. more often. Then it's just easier to you know take around with you on shoes. I've been walking around with my big pelly case with the what the P three hundred comes in, and it's just a bit of a pain sometimes. If they were to release a smaller, more lightweight light with not as much power. Same build quality, same side sling compatibility, everything, but just a smaller light. To me, that would, I'd be very tempted with that just to go alongside the 300. I tend to use Fresnels more than panel lights. For what reason? I just like the versatility of them. Mm. And I get that it's a lot easier with a with a panel light, but I like putting like a two by two up or putting a softbox on or putting a, a lantern on. Yeah. Or being able to have it hard light. I do have panel lights. It's just if I'm if I'm you know grabbing some lights to take, it'll be Fresnels most of the time. Yeah, I know Aperture and well Amaran's side of Aperture. They do have the the flexi panels and things like that. Yeah, I like the flexi panels as well. Yeah, they, they do look yeah. great. They do look good, and I've been tempted to buy them. To be fair, I think it's the F twenty two is a, a one like by one. It's been tempting, but at the same time, I'm now. I've bought enough lights over the years where build quality has to be a consideration for me. And I like the pros that come with flexi lights. We've used the Aladdins on the films mm. and things like that. But for me, I want really good build quality that lasts. And I feel like if I'm investing in one another light, I want it to last 10 years. That's fair. And I think, you know, with the with the light storm and stuff, it feels like it will. And that you'll you'll be have it you'll use those lights longer than you'll have your FX six mm. uh, with the Nova and like with my three hundred X. I nearly said three hundred C. You wish this time next year. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like I'll have that. I mean, I'll never sell that because it's it's brilliant. We used the Aladdin four by one on Ollie's latest feature film. We used it loads as a as a boom arm light and hanging over the top. Yeah, with some curtain on Was it. Was that going to light? Wasn't it? Yeah, because we were in like a big manor house and you know conversations between two people you chuck the four by one over and it's almost done for you yeah and you can skirt around the edge so that you it 
doesn't spread out over across the room. That was awesome. Even in low light situation, uh, low ceiling situations, that the thinness of those yeah. flexi lights just came in so handy. But we got we got all of that kit because me and Ollie were still working at the university, and so we had a load of Aladdin lights there, and they must have been about four years old, and they had started to to go. Some of the LED strips had disconnected, and right. they were kind of they needed fixing and stuff like that. So. You could put it down to kind of student use and being a bit rough, but yeah, with it being so flexible, there is that kind of trade-off in build quality, or so it seems. Yeah. One thing I'm hoping for, although I'm not in the L-Mount Alliance, not bought into it or anything. <laughs> What's that? Box? Oh, Dugfall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that film, to be fair. Is that one of your go-to comedies? It might be, yeah. Yeah. If I see that on Netflix, yeah. You'll keep it on for that, yeah. Yeah, so so I've not bought into it, but S1H Mark II, because I've got an eBay alert for an S1H. I'm trying to get one at a steal. You had one as well, didn't you? I know. What what made you give it up? Well, I had to to fund the A7S III, which does make more sense for the stuff I'm doing. Yeah. But if I could get one at a good deal, I would get one, because I loved it. Yeah. Awesome camera, so... I'd like to see an S1H Mark II. I think that's what Panasonic need to do, and I think that that's what they will do. What would you look for in it? It's got to be 6K 60 with a decent rolling shutter. Yeah. 4K 120 at least. What resolution does it need to be at then for 6K? Depends what aspect ratio, because they had 6K 4x3 in the S1H. Yeah. I think that was 24 megapixel. Oh, okay. I think it's like 33, I think, if you want... 6K, 16 by 9 or 17 by 9 somewhere around there. Yeah. So, yeah, whether you could get a decent rolling shot on it, I don't know. But it's such a nice camera, that S1H. I think, oh, man, if, if they could put internal Look NDs. <laughs> oh, if they put internal NDs. Phase that detect. Is, yeah. That would be incredible. I think that would bring the L-Mount Alliance back into, like, the top tier of, cameras that people will want i think they need to have something that blows the water com- against and compared to other mirrorless cameras and i think an internal nd would definitely do that because if yeah. they match 6k 60 who specs to match in the g6 4k 120 or whatever they match in a7 3 fx6 and a lot of others now they need that one extra thing that makes people go that is worth that upgrade now to go to panasonic not just be a Panasonic user and upgrade. Mm. They need something that brings people over from Sony, from Canon now, back over to the El Mount Alliance. That that would be awesome. And I think you, you'd have to lose the mechanical shutter, but it's mainly a video camera anyway. That's, so it's fine. Yeah, yeah. And to be fair, like you can still do most st- stuff for stills on an electronic shutter anyway. Yeah. Like the A1's meant to be ridiculous for that. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they need to have phase detect. Yeah, they need to have phase detect. Yeah. And also do the dynamic range boost that they've done on the GH6, but do it on the S1H. You could probably get up to 15 or 16 stops. How much was the S1H new? I was like three and a half, I think. Right. Because yeah. I was trying to think if you can buy the A7S3 for 3.8. Yeah. What price range would you put the S1H Mark II with those features that we've said we'd like. If it had in- internal NDs, I think four and a half yeah. would be fair. Yeah. And it would still be tempting for people to go, yeah. that's worth four and a half. Because that, And also, if they could put an SDI out on it, 
HDMI and SDI. You've got the timecode in and out from the sync slot. Mm. You've got XLR with the XLR unit if you just chuck that on top. Yeah. It'd be amazing. So we've gone through quite a few things in that episode, haven't we? We've gone off some, on some tangents, is what you mean. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I enjoyed going through that. I felt like a bit of a geeky session. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hopefully like the geeks have stayed with us and found it somewhat interesting and tried to follow along. Yeah. If anyone's still with us. We'll probably go back to something a little bit more freelance-based, maybe in the next one, unless we have a guest. We've not really got plans. We're normally on an episode-by-episode basis, aren't we, in terms of content plan? Well, we've got like a list of stuff we want to do. It's just we haven't put them in an order. True. So we've got loads of ideas. It's just we don't know what we're doing next. So if you've got any ideas that you do want there to we do go. next, yeah. how, how do they get in touch with us, uh, John? Well, Bob, <laughs> <laughs> we'll have the little lower third titles that I've got appearing. Yeah, nice. With oh, I like that Instagram. one. Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Instagram. Is it State Two Podcast? Yeah, I'd probably suggest getting in touch through either Instagram or the email account if you want to just to help us keep track of the numbers. Yeah, because we're on TikTok and other places now. But if you want to get in touch with us, leave a question or an anecdote. We want to hear some stories of people who's worked on sets and films and TVs or anything. Just any filmmakers who's got any funny stories they might want to share. I feel like that would be nice to have as a little segment. A few anecdotes, experiences of people who's worked on films and stuff. Keep yeah. it anonymous, obviously. Don't yeah. wanna don't wanna taint your reputation. If you want to get in touch by email, it's it's take two podcast at But then there's a link tree link in the yeah. bio on Instagram to just see wherever else you can listen or watch the podcast. Thanks for listening as always. Hope it's been a good one. Yeah. And we'll try and keep up this momentum we've started building because we've getting we've been doing right, regular. We've been chucking them out, yeah. Yeah. It'd help if you just left this set up in your room, but um, yeah. selfish. <laughs> right, I'll see you next time. See you next week. Cheers. Bye. Bye bye. See ya. See you later. Next week. <laughs> <laughs>